Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, a podcast series brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Herb Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. Impacting Jamaica shines the spotlight on the many, but often ignored, positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy. This is Impacting Jamaica. My name is John Myers. In this edition, we speak with Stephen Hill, CEO of CINTV. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, Stephen. My pleasure, John. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be invited to such a wonderful podcast. And hopefully my thoughts and my years of targeting the diaspora can uh, be shared with um, the people who listen to your program. Most definitely. They say that success, anyone who has enjoyed success in business in New York can enjoy success anywhere else in the world. Do you subscribe to that view? Well, I think it's, uh, the world is becoming very, very, very competitive. I think New York is probably the most competitive city in the world. But like everything else, um, you know, it has its limitations. But I, I think you can do well. I wouldn't say you can be successful anywhere else, but you can do well because you have to be clever to, to be uh, alive and do well in New York. Would you accept that you have enjoyed success in New York? Yes, I think we have been very successful, John, because we do media reports. And the most recent media report says that we are the most popular television channel among the Caribbean people in New York. We're more popular than NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, Discovery. Uh, with an audience of 638,000 people anytime we broadcast. So that's a measurement which I think is, it's not a feel. It's where we have done a media research and the media research says CIN is number one. How were you able to do this? Was there a blueprint that you adopted to bring about the success that you now enjoy? Well, I think what we did is we thought about broadcasting content from Jamaica. And 29 years ago, Ronnie Nasrallah and myself <clears throat> went to New York and we basically <laughs> walked the streets of New York, went into the different television um, companies, did our research, and we finally came up with a channel called the channel of new Americans, which is a channel that is, that is owned by the city of New York. And we were very fortunate that I also know, knew Una Clark, who at that time was a city councilor, And she was able to help me along with Bob Gore, who is an associate, um, get um, a platform which is very efficient. The channel that we are on, John, is that is must carry cable so that anybody who has cable in New York receives and can see CIN. It's not just like you're in one borough or you get 
you know, certain amount of the population. Any Caribbean person who lives in, in um, Brooklyn, Queens and Bronx, where the majority of the Caribbean community live, can see CIN. So the important thing was getting a platform which was ubiquitous and reached into the homes and the living rooms and the bedrooms of the Caribbean community. So the important thing for you was that you made it easy for the diaspora to reach you or to tap into what you're offering. To see us, yes. No sense having great content like news from Jamaica or Oliver or IT and Fancy Cat and you're broadcasting it and you have a, the, the majority of the population not able to see you. So the key was getting a platform that was efficient. And that's what we achieved with Channel 73. You've enjoyed success in media, but for other Jamaican companies offering services or goods, uh, what are some of the important things that they need to bear in mind in tapping into the diaspora market? I think the first thing is that you have a good product, uh, John. Um, and you have, you know, um, beautiful or well packaged. And two, that's the first thing, good product. Second thing I always say is distribution. You've got to be able to get your product on the shelves in New York. It's the same thing like CIN. If we had great content and couldn't get it into the homes of the Caribbean people, we wouldn't have been a success. So you have to have a distributor who can get you into the Walmarts, into the Costco's, into the mom and pop. So distribution is important. And third, to basically go and have some spend where you market your product. You're in the most competitive probably city in the world. And if you don't market and advertise, very difficult for you to do well. How would you describe the diaspora market? Is it worth tapping into? Is it worth, worth the headache of trying to, to reach this market? I think definitely, if you're from Jamaica, it's worthwhile because the diaspora market is basically looking to, you know, consume the goods that he's, he um, enjoys when he's in Jamaica whether it's, um, you know, hot sauces, whether it's the uh, condiments, whether it's the grace products or the um, separate products, um, they're looking to, to, to um, buy them. And, and so you clearly have to have a, a, a product that is packaged properly um, and, and on the shelves. I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, John, if you were to walk down the aisles of Publix supermarkets, you, couldn't, you, you could barely find any display of Jamaican or Caribbean products. Today, when you walk down the aisles of Publix, there's an entire section that's devoted to Caribbean products. So clearly, the consumer is out there buying it and they're growing. You just have to look at the financial statements 
of a couple of the exporters, especially Grace, with the fastest growing area, um, or one of the fastest growing areas, is the United States, where they have, over the last year, um, increased sales significantly and contributed a significant um, portion of the profits from uh, for Grace from the from the exports uh, that they're doing. Any ideas to how uh, large is the diaspora market? Twenty years ago, it was estimated that the diaspora market, uh, in terms of of consumer spend, was forty billion. If we uh, move forward to today, I would say that is probably closer to $75 billion. So it's huge. It's a huge market. And also the fact that you have so many Caribbean people living in metropolitan cities, they're influencing the taste and, 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 and consumption of the other um, uh, ethnic people and mainstream people. I mean, you just look at Walker's Wood. Today, Walker's Wood is being consumed um, on um, in big in big big quantities by the American people. Um, Grace is also the patches that Grace are now um, producing. The Hispanics are um, are consuming it. So it's it's a growing market. It's it, people are moving more towards ethnic foods, and you see that everywhere because if you're in New York, you see much more ethnic restaurants um, than, than, than mainstream restaurants these days. From your vantage point, you're saying that food is obviously a big ticket item for the diaspora market, but what other products or services do you see doing well in the diaspora market? Well, clearly remittances has been a huge market for years John, um, the remittances basically have kept, I think, the Jamaican economy afloat. For years, there has been close to $3 billion of transfers, and that is far more significant than the tourism product, because tourism, I think, was $3 billion plus but a lot of that is not net into the system. The remittances, when somebody transfers $100 into um, Western Union or MoneyGram and it's picked up, that $100 is spent by the person who receives it or the family. So the $3 billion is a monster, um, has a, a huge impact on the economy. And that has been going on for years. But I think we need to move further along the field. We should be looking at getting the diaspora to be, you know, saving in Jamaica, buying homes in Jamaica, um, you know, buying bonds, investing in our equity market, which has been one of the best performing markets. So what we need to do is basically now start communicating and messaging the diaspora to invest in the islands, in Jamaica and, and, and throughout the rest of the Caribbean. 
It's a huge, huge, because the savings is there. They've been buying homes in Jamaica for a number of years. Persons like you have been saying this for quite some time. Why do you think uh, there has been this sort of timid approach to, to go after the diaspora market thus far? I think, John, part of it is they haven't thought it out properly. Uh, I have a friend who is involved with uh, a community, uh, a gated community in Ocho Rios. And he tells me that if you're returning home as a, as a, a, a Jamaican who has lived abroad, it is so onerous the regulation that they put on you that you're not tapping into a large number of the people who would come back here to live. A lot of them are now going to Florida or going to Arizona. So it's basically getting a, freeing up the regulations and thinking it through in, a, in the right way. And encouragement, for example, that you can't bring back more than one, I think one or two cars, but he was saying that the regulation and, 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 the, and what they put you through when you come back is too onerous. So uh, a change in policy at the government level would go a, a far way. Think of the amount of them who are retiring, not only in England, Canada, but the US. And if you could get them in large numbers to Jamaica, it would create a, 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 a substantial economic effect because a lot of them are also receiving, you know, their monthly income from um, their 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 four hundred one k or from their you know uh, pension. So that's huge. If if you could get all the pensions flowing here, that would be a huge flow of of, of U.S. dollars or sterling. The diaspora market is ready and waiting. I think so. I think so, John. And like anything else, we're getting better at it. But I think it needs to be thought through more because I think it, it is a substantial, a substantial me way to impact the and grow the Jamaican economy. The more, the more retirees that you have returned to Jamaica buying houses and stimulating the real estate market, and also basically having the flow of their pensions and 401k, it would have a substantial effect on the Jamaican economy. Do you think prime is still a big factor for the diaspora? And how do we get around that? Well, that's I, I won't go there, John, because I, I think to answer your question, yes, it is. It does deter them um, because a lot of them, why should they come home to be locked up, you know, in an apartment or, you know, to have burglar bars when in fact they can go to Florida or California and, and, and have a, a, a freer, more comfortable life. That's uh, something that the government and, 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 and successive governments need to deal with. But I think if they were to solve the large crime problem, you would have more people coming home.
Turning to your career path, you've had a very, a very interesting one. Uh, you started out in accounting, <laughs> you moved to the promotion of sporting events, and now media. <laughs> Was that deliberate? Uh, How did that come about? Tell us. No, no. I, I, I basically became a, a, a chartered accountant, John, because I felt it was important to know about the finances, which accounting gave you a strong background in. And then I did sporting events, which is really, really a promotion. Um, and I was lucky to have grown up with a father who did some of the biggest promotions in Jamaica. He brought wonderful people like, you know, Jackie Wilson, Sam Cooke, you know, Marvin Gaye, Mahalia Jackson, um, classics, you know, the, the Bolshoi Ballet. So I grew up there and I knew about promotion. So it was easy to promote um, sporting events. And I went out and, you know, with Jackie Bell, put on a number of football matches. And then, as I said to people, television is just really the largest promotion you can get. Because if you fill the stadium with 30,000 people, which we did a number of times when we brought John Barnes with Watford to play against Team America, or we brought in... Pele with Santos, or we brought in Sao Paulo. And, that, and people would say, wow, what a huge crowd. Well, when you're in television and you're broadcasting into people's home and, and people are sitting there, it's nothing to, to, to get a million people watching you. You follow? So it's, it's a promotion and you have to have good content, just like you have a good um, product to, to, to bring people out. We, when CIN is on, we have at any time, based on the latest media report, 638,000 people watching us, which is huge. Where are you going to be able to um, house or to have 638,000 people? I mean, when you have some of the wonderful or super events like the Super Bowl, in America you have over 150 million people or close to 150 million people. I think the last time was 128 million people watching. Huge. So you follow what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a promotion, but it gives you electronically a much greater scope. It's, it's more interesting, um, John. Um, and, and as the older you become, it's not as easy to do, um, you know, doing a physical promotion is become, becomes more onerous. So I found it easy to graduate and move away from uh, a promotion, whether it was football or whether it was putting on uh, a, a theater production to television. I found it um, getting content you know, and, 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 and reaching people and making them, uh, influencing them and making them um, watch, watch your channel, I found very challenging. Was there any point in your career that you thought that, you know, you wouldn't have enjoyed the success that you currently enjoy? I don't think 
there was a, a, a strong period or a long period. In 2007, there was definitely a, a period where I felt a little less secure. That was when they had the Great Recession and a lot of marketing and advertising dollars um, just stopped flowing. The first thing people have and cut when there is um, a problem with the economy is advertising. And, and we basically depend on advertising and sponsorship for staying alive and, and maintaining our viewership and, 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 and basically broadcast. So 2007 was, was a, 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 a period which was difficult because it was a long recession, a, a, a very powerful recession. Um, now we have uh, also, we're also having to adapt and change, John, because digital is now the thing. People are now moving away from traditional television to digital television and streaming television. Yes, so, I, was, I was coming to that. I mean, how are you adapting? Well, we, we, we are trying to adapt. We're, we're looking into it, um, you know, about streaming. Uh, we haven't reached there yet. But clearly, clearly, the trend is towards digital. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. and, and in America, everything is streaming, you know, whether you're um, Disney or you're NBC, people want television anytime, anywhere. But you still, you still have the landscape where at night people go home and they watch CB CBS, NBC, ESPN. There is nothing that brings you the audience that the NB that that the um, Super Bowl does. When it comes to scale, you can't beat television. When you have the basketball finals, or you have the football, or the World Cup of football, or the Olympics, you're getting hundreds of millions of people watching it, John. So there's still a there's still a space for uh, traditional. But people are, alloc are, are, are basically watching more through digital. If you are in New York, you see people on the subway. Uh, you see people walking down the street looking at it. So the younger generation are moving to digital. Uh, it's called, and, and, and the trend is, is what they call cord cutting, where the cable channels in New York or elsewhere are losing customers because now digital, you can see it anytime, anywhere on your phone. Is there anything in your plans going forward that is going to allow you to tap more into the appetite for digital uh, media? Well, we're looking at it, John. We, we, didn't, we, we didn't start off fresh from there. So we basically are trying we all, all our entire, what should I say, company was geared up for traditional advertising, and so we're looking into it. And hopefully, one uh, we will be, uh, we will um, move slowly, or not slowly, as fast as we can into it, because it's here. There's no no, no denying it, 
and the and and the trend is in that direction. Most definitely. Are there any plans to reach other area diaspora areas in the United States as well as, uh, say, Canada, UK? No, at this stage we haven't. We we have lots of um, requests to be in Atlanta, in Miami, uh, in Canada, but we we basically have been in New York, John. Um, and at this stage, we're not certain if we want to move um, and expand at, um, expand into those other areas. At this stage, it's it's a time when I'm looking to to consolidate. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you're looking to to cater more to your existing audience. Yes, yes, and they're happy. They're happy, and 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 uh, with with what we're doing. And uh, we have basically achieved what I thought think is Im- important that they enjoy it and they watch us like religion every 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 throughout throughout the week. And given the pandemic, you maybe gained from that. Yes, John. One a gentleman called me once and he said to me, Mr. Hill, because we're not on 24-7, it's just too expensive. He said, why aren't you on 24-7? And I said, look, the bottom line is that it's much too expensive to be on 24-7, that it's so many hours. And he said, you know, Mr. Hill, the next best thing to being in Jamaica is watching CIN. And he says, myself and my friends, we gather every, every weekend and watch you. So it, we, we, we have, during the pandemic, increase the viewership because people are at home and they're enjoying linking with what we're presenting to them. I think we've done a good job for 29 years. We now have to look at, 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 at other avenues to expand and, and hopefully we will do that. You've had immense success as a businessman. What advice would you give to aspiring uh, business leaders in Jamaica and also in the diaspora, and particularly those uh, businesses that are looking to tap into the diaspora market? I, I would say go for it. Don't be afraid. A lot of people think if you're in, in New York, there's a, 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 a huge difference from being in Jamaica. Um, go for it, don't be afraid. Um, get up there and, 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 and do it. Don't, you know, I like to tell people about uh, Grace. Grace decided they were going to export and they wanted to be strong in that market. What they did is they invested in the product and they put boots on the ground, John. They have an, uh, a fabulous operation in Jersey. They have a fabulous CEO in Derek Record, uh, who has been there for the last three years, but they went for it. What a lot of Jamaican companies do is basically go after it in a half-hearted fashion. Do not do that. The export market is there. Go at it full blast. Get your, I remember I mentioned to you, distribution get your distributor, get your product properly packaged, 
and put money behind your product. Still a lot of people uh, who are in the export market basically put the product on shelves and they think the hand of God is going to take it off. No, <laughs> you've got to put your advertising and marketing just like you do in Jamaica, probably even more because of the competitive um, arena you're in. And basically you can be successful. Right. Grace has done it and I, and, and, I, and I take my hat off to them. Jamaica National is doing it. I see Wisinko is going there now and I think hopefully they will do well. Seprod has done a fantastic job. Richard Pandohi um, has done a very good job. So I think you're seeing more and more Jamaican companies now going in a much more determined um, um, and, and basically long-term approach to that export market. You need to advertise. One of the things that I found for the years, years, John, is that a lot of the Jamaican companies do not put the advertising dollar behind their product. They put the product up there and they think it's just going to, it's, it's just going to walk off the shelves. No way, no way. You have a great product, do the same thing that you do in Jamaica advertise and market it. I want to thank you very much, uh, Stephen, for being here. Uh, it has been my pleasure and it's always, you know, good seeing you and speaking with you. Thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. This has been Impacting Jamaica. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement and the Sajikor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.